Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who has written When Shea Was Home, the story of the 1975 Mets, Yankees, Giants, and Jets, as well as So You Think You're a Mets Fan, and Simply the Best, the story of the 1929-1931 Philadelphia Athletics Dynasty. He's the Director of Communications at Buckley Country Day School right here on Long Island. He joins us tonight to talk about his great new book, which is a must for every Met fan and their Met fan library. It's entitled Miracle Moments in New York Mets History, The Turning Points of Memorable Games, The Incredible Records. It's always a pleasure to welcome not only a great writer, but my friend Brett Topel to WLA Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Brett. Mark, thanks so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. It's great having you. And this is, for me, the perfect book for this Mets season because it refocuses us that even though we have those two world championships. And that's it. We only have two world championships as a franchise in 1969 and 86. There have been lots of great achievements from Mets, the Mets' first win in franchise history, which is in the book in 1962, to Tom Seaver's near-perfect game in 1969, the 86 World Series, the trade for Piazza, Al Leiter's two-hitter during the 99 one-game playoff, the Grom's all-star you know, appearance, and much more. So how did this book come about? Yeah, so um, after finishing uh, So You Think You're a New York Mets fan last year, which came out, um, you know, in April, uh, my editors asked me if I'd want to be, you know, would be interested in writing this book. And, you know, to have the opportunity to write a book about uh, the greatest moments in Mets history, having grown up a Mets fan, still a Mets fan, um, uh, long-struggling Mets fan, as well-documented. Um, this was a, just an opportunity that was too good to pass up, and, uh, you know, I really relish the opportunity. You know, the book is broken up to two parts. Regular season, which consists of 17 moments, and part two, which focuses on the postseason, which has 14 moments. And then there are the three bonus walk-offs. So what was the process of picking, and what qualified as the moments? Yeah, so, it, you know, when, we, when I first agreed to write the book, I submitted a list of maybe 40, uh, 40 moments, 35, 40 moments, and then it, it occurred to me that I really wanted the number to be 31. I wanted it to be 31 chapters to pay homage to Piazza, who I felt you know, really typified what it was to be a, a Met. He, he was, you know, obviously a Hall of Famer now and, and uh, was always one of my favorite players. So I wanted to, you know, whether it was 30 or 32, I wanted to make sure we got the 31 moments. So we went back and forth. Uh, my editor, Julie Gans at, at Skyhorse and myself, went back and forth with lists. And, uh, you know, I ha- what ended up being in the book was pretty much my list and a couple that they suggested. Uh, a couple like uh, Willie Mays' first game back uh, against San Francisco where he hit a home run. That wasn't one that I thought of. It's not a moment that Mets fans necessarily think of as a miracle moment, but it is a really cool moment in team history. So how did this process of writing this book differ from your other projects? I kind of approached this book as I was writing almost 31 very little books. Um, I wanted this to be a book that was not a book that you had to read cover to cover. It was a book that you could kind of pick and choose your moments and and jump around. And of, of course, there is some connection between the 86 playoffs and the 86 World Series, and there is the, the common thread running through the book of being, you know, Mets history. But you can kind of sit, at, sit down at the pool or at the beach and just kind of pick the ones you want to read as you want to read them. And my, my ultimate goal was to write a book that I would want to read and that I would think other sports fans, short, easily digestible chapters that almost read as individual stories. And what I mentioned before about why I felt this is the perfect book, because it's funny that this season, 
more than any other season, I think, has a lot of Met fans examining why they're Met fans. And you look, there have been a lot of really bad Met teams in history. People that have been following me on Facebook, I've almost, I've made a pennant race out of all these bad teams, including this one. And it's funny because when I'm looking at those teams, the bad teams, there are names that come up, whether it be Willie Montanez, Doug Flynn, John Stearns, Lee Mazzilli. You know, and as bad as those Met teams were, the second I hear those names, I, I think of them fondly. And, and, and I'm wondering 20 years down the road, this bad team, how many people will feel the same about Wilma Flores, you know, uh, Michael Conforto, and, and guys like that. Um, and it's interesting because in this book, two of the moments take place on some bad teams. The 79 team, yes. you mentioned Lee Mazzilli, and the 83 team. Um, Severs Rose came back. Right, with Severs you know, come back here. And it's interesting because those two teams were combined 62 games under 500, but yet the books chronologically you included those two moments, and and why are those important in Met history? Yeah, you know you bring up a very good point, and I think you know part of the reason this year I think is so disappointing is because in 1979 and 1983 everybody knew the Mets were going to be a bad team. There was no predictions of grandeur, so to speak. Right. Uh, this year is obviously a little bit of a different story, but you know in 1979 moment was Lee Mazzilli uh, in the All Star game, and he had a great All Star game. And Lee Mazzilli is one of these people that you one of these players that you just mentioned um, never played for a winning Mets team. Uh, although I'm sorry, he was on the '86 team, came back. But, 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 right. but when he was in his when he was in his prime, right. he never played for a, a winning team. Yet I think all Mets fans look back at Lee Mazzilli as you know that was the guy who always represented us in the All Star game. Him and John Stearns, you know, for years. Um, and the '83 moment was you know Seavers comeback, and when they reacquired him uh, from the Reds after he, I think went five and eleven or something in '82, and they got him in '83. And uh, I remember that opening day. I was 13, and I remember. I can see him striking out Pete Rose to start the game. And that was like, we weren't a good team, but Tom Seaver was back. And I, think, I thought that was important to represent in the book. You know, the Mets have only had the two world championships. We mentioned that. But they've been in the playoffs nine times. Uh, they've had some pretty amazing games. When doing the research on the playoffs, was there something that you found out or, or something that jumped out that you hadn't known that occurred in a playoff game? Um, I don't know necessarily. One of the things I found very interesting was that a lot of the moments that happen in Mets playoffs games in, on, when, uh, in one of the years, some of the years that they didn't win, like Endy's catch or Ventura's grand slam single, you know, right after those moments, bad things ended up happening. Whether it was, you know, Beltran striking out at the end of the Endy game or the next day, uh, you know, uh, the Mets losing to the Braves uh, in the NLCS. But, but one thing I learned was, um, you know, I got a chance to talk to a bunch of players for this book. And Sean Green was in right field when Endy made the catch in left field. And he said the ball was hit so hard, he didn't think Endy would have time to get back to the wall and get up there. And to hear him, and, and so many years later, what, 12 years later now, the energy he still had about that catch, he called it the greatest catch he's ever seen. And I think coming from a major leaguer, that means a lot. You know, it's interesting because we've had this debate so many times that, you know, can a play be classified as great if it's in a losing cause? If, if mm. it didn't, it, you know, if it didn't result in a victory, can it still be great and be one of the Mets' iconic moments in a loss that, you know, that game cost them not going, you know, into the World Series? But, um... You know, you include it, and I, I remember that, and I remember that play so fondly. Why do you think so many Met fans really relate to that play, even though it was in a crushing loss? Crushing loss. One of the, I mean, I don't think Met fans to this day have uh, forgiven Carlos Beltran no, for not swinging not. at that pitch right. from Wainwright. I think, and I think maybe the title of the book really lends credence to it better, best of all. It's, you know, it's miracle moments, and I think 
as the years go on, the losses seem to drip away, and we're left with these moments. And, you know, we have had plenty of good ones. The ball going through Bill Buckner's leg is a really bad moment for Red Sox fans, but it's a really good moment for, for Mets fans. I don't know if the, that ball going through Buckner's legs is less impactful now in Boston than that they've won a bunch of World Series. So I think... You know, we've only Mets have only won two World Series championships, like you said. But but I think if it's a moment as iconic, as, I mean, that Andy catch was not just a good catch. Yeah, that was you know Swoboda right. times three uh, in my mind. I mean, absolutely. Um, so I think that the moment can survive. I think it's deep in the hearts of Mets fans. It's a little bit painful, but. Uh, uh, we get past it with this for the moment. Where's the best place for people to pick up the book and stay in, in touch with you as far as, I know you're doing a lot of book signings, where can they find that information? Sure, so I have a website called topelmetsbook.com, T-O-P-E-L metsbook.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, at Topel Metsbook, and uh, I have some signings coming up in Binghamton uh, coming up, it's some Binghamton, Binghamton Rumble Pony game, so uh, uh, best place to get the book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all, all bookstores, Costco, I believe it's in, but don't go there, it's, dis <laughs> it's discounted heavily.